You are listening to The Riding, NFL DFS podcast with Pat James. Well, we've made it. At some points, I didn't think it was going to be possible. But here we are, week one of the NFL DFS season of 2020 is about to get underway. Can't promise it's going to last for the for its entirety, but that's okay. DFS is a one-week season. So here's the thing. Week one was looking absolutely perfect. I had my cash lineup completely crafted, loved every play. It was probably going to be chalky, um, but it looked like it was all the right place. At this point, so many things have changed since I you know, wrote my 4 for 4 article that it will absolutely require an update in the coming days. So if you are a 4 for 4 subscriber, just know that there is an update coming um, when we know for certain some of the ins and outs uh, of each team on Sunday. But let's get a little rundown going. Let's talk about who I think are viable for cash games. I'll even throw in uh, a GPP player too. Maybe even, because this is now the DFS and betting podcast, maybe even a line or two, uh, a betting line that I like. So let's take a look at quarterback. I'll be honest, the first guy that popped off the page to me that I didn't really think was going to was Cam Newton. So it seems like he's healthy. Um a home matchup with the Dolphins. You know, I always say the boxes that we like to check are rushing upside, rushing touchdown upside, um, and and a high total. And I think Cam fits that bill. I think that, you know, he should have his way. I know his weapons aren't great, but if he just, you know, can get any semblance of the run game going, I think he is squarely in play uh, as a cash game quarterback. Same goes for Tyrod Taylor. He visits the Bengals who, you know, revamped their defense a bit. But I still think, you know, his his rushing prowess and the fact that he's only 5,600 on DraftKings. So the way this works, and you guys know this from, you know, the last three, four years of this podcast, I am always going to lean towards a, a lesser, uh, a less expensive quarterback because I like to pay up at running back. Um, I'm always going to lean towards the middle to low tier of wide receivers because I think it's a volatile position and spending up, spending a ton for a guy who, you know, may, may not catch his eight to 10 targets, um, or the majority of his eight to 10 targets is something that I don't really like to risk in cash. So basically, I spend up at running back and figure the rest out, which is usually, you know, um, going a tad cheaper at the other positions. So Cam and Tyrod are who I am looking at uh, at quarterback. And there's a there's a few other guys that I think are viable um, uh, that I don't like as much as Cam and Tyrod. Uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky, now that he's the starter, he usually cooks up Detroit. I could see him. I'm not sure I'm, I would play him in cash, but I, I like him in tournaments. Um, <clears throat> Gardner Minshew also has rushing upside. If, you know, if you, if you catch my drift here, it is 
definitely the rushing upside. I also like um, Russell Wilson as well at the top, and then obviously Lamar Jackson. I would save those guys for GPPs and play the the cheaper, you know, Cam, Tyrod, Minshew types in cash. At running back, this is where things went a bit awry on the week. So obviously Christian McCaffrey's probably going to get slated in for me. One of the things with week one is there aren't a ton of knowns, and I want to bake into my cash game lineup, or two, but I'm going to try to whittle it down to one lineup, are the knowns. I want to get everything that I am very, very confident in, in my lineup, right? And what I mean by that is like Austin Eckler is 7K. I love Austin Eckler. When they didn't have Melvin Gordon last year, he was a beast. We played him for five straight weeks while Melvin Gordon was holding out. And he was, he won me a GPP in week five, and he basically helped me cash in every week of the regular season um, last year. So here's the thing about Austin Eckler this year. A lot of unknowns. How is he going to be used as the lead back? Is Is Josh Kelly, is Justin Jackson going to be, you know, used on the goal line or split some time with him? Is he going to receive the amount of checkdowns that he did last year with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback? Is Tyrod Taylor going to, you know, take away a ton of the goal line carries and equity there? So that's an unknown. That's something that we that we aren't really sure of. Um, you know, I like Austin Eckler. He'll probably be in my GPP teams, but not for cash. So McCaffrey, lock him in. Alvin Kamara uh, is also someone, I mean, at 7,200 against the Bucks. you know, the Bucks have a red one by their name because, you know, teams just threw all over them last year and really didn't even try to run. They are a, a pass funnel team, but Kamara is such a part of the Saints passing game that I have no qualms about slotting him in as well. Uh, a name you're going to see a lot is Josh Jacobs. I'm reserving him for tournaments. He's going to maybe be my most owned tournament play. Now, he's going to be chalky on the week, but remember what we said, running backs in in cash and tournaments, don't worry about their ownership whatsoever. Um, you know, the Panthers' defense is absolutely atrocious. The Raiders' offensive line is very good. So I like getting Josh Jacobs into my GPP player pool. The thing I worry about is I'm not 100% sold on his passing game work as of uh, week one. You know, if we, if he, if, if in week one, week two, week three, we see that he's getting, you know, four to six targets a game, then I will feel comfortable slotting him in. But as of right now, you know, a little bit of unknowns there. Miles Sanders. I mean, he was all locked in. They didn't sign anybody. They didn't draft anybody. He was ready to go, but he's been limited in practice all week with a hamstring. Doug Peterson has said they may have to bring him in slowly the first month of the season. I mean, are you kidding me? He was all he was he was all but locked into my cash lineup. I will have to um, see how it goes. Uh, you know, see how he practices on Friday and, and what the beat are saying uh, leading up to Locke just friggin' pisses me off that that is the case. Then that, that whole area around Sanders is, you know, there's question marks everywhere. Like Nick Chubb, how much is Kareem Hunt going to be involved? Kenyon Drake, he was in a walking boot. Is Chase Edmonds going to be involved? I, I like Chris Carson, to be honest, uh, especially in tournaments. 
Um, but he is a cash consideration as well. And Todd Gurley. I mean, Todd Gurley, you know, you can say all you want about his his knees and, and you know, his arthritic knees. And is he going to be involved? The Falcons have no one at running back behind them. They have Brian Hill and Edo Smith who have proven to not be very good running backs. Um, so I And in a game that's going to be high scoring, I think my pivot from... Uh, believe it or not, I, can, I don't know if I can believe I'm saying this, but my pivot from Sanders may be Todd Gurley in week one at 6,100, you know, against a beatable uh, Seahawks run defense. He catches passes. I can see Gurley being a part of cash lineups. If not, definitely uh, tournament rosters for sure. Um, and as we keep going down, I, I want to pretty much avoid that 5K area for the most part. Um, and then we get to Tariq Cohen. His availability is going to depend on David Montgomery. I love Tariq Cohen this week. If David Montgomery is out, I think we can slot him into cash if that's the case. I, I just can't see the Bears giving any of the other running backs on their roster a ton of carries or anything like that. So I think Cohen is pretty locked into, you know, seven to nine carries and and pretty much all the running back targets if Montgomery doesn't play. And then, you know, we can't ignore the elephant in the room, and that is Antonio Gibson. But then there's been coach speak, you know, I mean, we, we can't have a week one without, you know, crazy coach speak to make us second guess ourselves. He's only 4K um, and, you know, he was pretty much all the buzz all off season. However, it seems as though, you know, Washington is set on a committee, right? I mean, they listed J.D. McKissick as their starter. Um, if you don't know who J.D. McKissick is, he is, I remember actually playing this guy in in, in college football DFS. He went to, uh, I believe, Arkansas State, and they play on a lot of, they play like a lot of Tuesday and Wednesday games just to get the national TV attention. So I, I played him in college. He's pretty, they got him from Seattle. He's a little scat back. Um, and then there's always Peyton Barber to vote for touchdowns. So we don't really know how much Antonio Gibson is going to be on the field. Like, he is not the unquestioned starter that's going to be on the field 75 to 80% of the time. So have to dig into that a little more. Um, but I really don't want, like, if, if Sunday rolls around and we don't have a definitive answer on his workload, I, I don't know if I can confidently slot him in to a cash game lineup um but those are pretty much the guys that i'm looking at at running back of course i will narrow it down i will have an update and then narrow it down to my core four that are being locked into my cash game um on saturday at some point so check back this is just a general rundown of all the guys that i think you know have good matchups caught my eye are in good spots will be part of my cash or gpp player pool at wide receiver, I mean, Devontae Adams is probably going to be chalky. He's probably going to see like 12 targets, but at the expense of not playing a running back or having to squeeze in one of these questionable running backs, I just think that, I mean, he 
he's a great play. I won't fault anybody for playing Devontae Adams in cash or a GPP. What he does to the rest of my roster, though, just, you know, makes me a little bit uneasy, right? You're going to have to play um, a really cheap wide receiver or two with a cheap tight end um, and maybe even, you know, dock some salary off one of your favorite running backs. So I'm not a huge fan of it. From there, uh, Julian Edelman at 6K really caught my eye. I think, you know, if he's healthy, he and Cam could have a great connection in the slot. I could see him just catching a ton of balls from Cam. DK Metcalf at 5,800 is probably going to be popular. I'm not as high on him as others, I don't think. You know, Seattle's targets are very concentrated on him and Tyler Lockett, but you know, DK just doesn't, he's not the polished possession, you know, high floor type receiver that I want. You know, he could absolutely catch five balls for 100 yards and two touchdowns. Um, but I think there's a lot of variance. There's a lot of volatility in DK's game. So I don't love that. Most of the receivers that I'm going to be looking at targeting do fall in this high four mid 5k range um terry mclaurin i mean and steven sims so i think i would prefer terry mclaurin but steven sims is also in play if you can't get up to mclaurin they're about a thousand dollars apart i think the redskins throw a ton in this game and mclaurin and sims see a ton of targets but you know terry has just been dominant in camp and he he really flashed last year i mean so did steven sims to be honest but McLaurin is just the better player, and he's not too much more expensive, and I think he will see uh, a little bit more of a target share than Sims. From there, man, I love, and I mean, I'm, I don't know if I'll be the only person on him, but I think there's not enough talk about Jamison Crowder. Manhattan Clam Crowder. Is that the red? Or the white? Five points if you know that reference. So here's the thing. I think the Jets are going to be trailing a ton as well. Brashad Perriman says he's healthy. I don't know if I necessarily believe it. It's just going to be Crowder and Herndon just getting fed targets. The Bills um, are susceptible to the slot receiver. Like, Tredavious White's not going to follow Jamison Crowder around. He's probably never going to be on him. He, if anything, he's going to lock down Brashad Perriman. Which leaves a bunch of, a bunch of dink and dunks. For Crowder, I don't love the price at fifty two hundred. You know, if he was forty five, I wouldn't even think twice about it. Um, but fifty two is a little expensive. They've priced up these, uh, you know, low A dot slot receivers that I love to target. Um, but you know, Crowder destroyed the Bills last year, and if you extrapolate the games where only Sam Darnold played. Uh, Last year, Crowder just Crowder was like the wide rec- wide receiver fourteen last year. If you take out the games that Sam Darnold missed, so Sam Darnold loves him, checks down to him a ton. Like I can see like a seven for seventy game for Crowder here, which isn't you don't love that. You know that's not even three x for a five point two k receiver. However, he does have a really really safe floor, and if he just so happens to fall into the end zone, and he goes 7 for 70 and 6, then you're taking the money to the bank. Um, Anthony Miller at 5K, another condensed target share. Like, the Bears are only throwing to 
Allen Robinson, Tariq Cohen, and Anthony Miller. So I like Anthony Miller at 5K. At 4,900, Deshaun Jackson is in play. He was probably going to be a lock if Jalen Rager didn't play, but somehow, you know, the guy's arm fell off on August 30th, but he looks like he's ready to go. Uh, I'll believe it when I see that he's active. You know, it could be a decoy situation. You never know, but it's very tough to have confidence in a splash play guy like Deshaun Jackson. Um, when Jalen Rager's on the field. Like, if he Jalen Rager's not on the field, you know, it's literally just Ertz and Jackson that they can go to. So he would be, I would feel a little bit more comfortable with him there. I already mentioned Steven Sims. I think we could potentially go Preston Williams uh, if he is 100% healthy. He had a lot of chemistry last year with Ryan Fitzpatrick, was dominating until he got hurt. So I think we could look at Preston Williams. And then maybe Scotty Miller. Uh, looks like Mike Evans could miss this game. So Scotty Miller in the slot. You know how Brady loves those slot receivers. I could see, you know, Scotty Miller having a Julian Edelman, having a Jamison Crowder, having an Anthony Miller type game where he goes like six for eighty or seven for seventy, eight for seventy, something like that. At four K, that's not terrible. Okay, so at tight end. Obviously, I love the expensive guys. However, they're not going to make it into my cash lineup because, you know, I just need that money elsewhere. I need that money at running back because those are the positions you need to pay up for. Those are the most guaranteed points on the slate. So, you know, in tournaments, sure, take your shots on Kittle. Take your shots on Ertz. Take your shots on Andrews. Absolutely dominant talents. Can't bank on them at that, at, in that price range, though, in cash. So I'm going to look to spend down. The first guy that caught my eye was Hayden Hurst, 4,300, up-tempo game, lots of throwing, um, completely taking over the Austin Hooper role. Probably is not going to be 4,300 ever again this season if he gets the type of work that everyone is clamoring that he's going to get. So I like Hayden Hurst if he fits. Really like Jack Doyle. We know the only thing that Phillip Rivers loves more than targeting tight ends is making children. And, I mean, with Trey Burton hurt, it looks like Jack Doyle is going to probably play all the snaps. I could see him at for 3600 He is a He's an absolute steal. I like him in cash. I like him in tournaments. He could absolutely have uh, a game where Rivers peppers him with, you know, 8 to 10 targets, and he ends up with 5 for 50 and a touchdown, something like that, which is an absolute smash at 3.6k. Also Chris Herndon I mentioned, you know, I think that the Bills are going to be leading. I think the Jets are going to have to throw a ton. I think Tredavious White is going to have a lock on Brashad Perriman. So I think Crowder and Herndon are going to um, see a ton of targets. Okay. At defense, and let me preface this by saying don't let defense at all in any way, shape, or form dictate any other part of your roster, right? So if you have your roster completed, you see what you have left at defense, let that be the options that you choose from. Like, don't go up and change, um, you know, Alvin Kamara and drop him down to Chris Carson to add $900 to your defense, you know, to go up from the the Cardinals to the Patriots or whatever it may be. 
don't do that. Um, defense is so unpredictable, so highly variant. Make sure that you create your cash game lineup top to bottom, quarterback to flex, before you decide on a defense, right? Don't let defense dictate what you're doing in the rest of your lineup. That being said, depending on how much money you have left over, I think that the Patriots are a solid play. Um, We know Ryan Fitzpatrick. He runs all over the place. He's reckless with the ball. He dives for first downs and and, and fumbles the ball. He can try to fit balls into tight windows. I like the Patriots' defense. Uh, From there, I kind of like the Chargers' defense. The Bengals' offensive line is terrible. I know Joe Burrow is a a once-in-a-lifetime talent, but, you know, rookie quarterback, first game, barely had an offseason, terrible offensive line. I could see Joey Bosa breathing down his neck all game, forcing turnovers, so I like the Chargers'. I like the Colts. I think Minshew can sometimes be uh, a little bit reckless with the ball as well, although I think that game might be a little bit slower. Here is a sleeper defense that I think is going to be solid in GPPs, and it's the Redskins. Man, their front is absolutely going to dominate the Eagles' line. So I think we could see Carson Wentz under a ton of pressure. You know, Miles Sanders banged up. Jalen Rager's banged up. There's no Alshon Jeffrey. It's literally going to be the tight ends, Deshaun Jackson, and Carson Wentz might not even have time to get them the ball. I think that is a pretty solid sleeper defense. And then also the Ravens. Um, You know, we know Baker Mayfield is uh, susceptible to turning the ball over. So I do like the Ravens there. And the last thing I'm going to tell you is I'm going to go back to that Redskins game. Um, Their line is fluctuating between 5.5, 6.5, depending on the book. I think this game is going to be very close. And I think they also might even be able to sneak out a dub based on their defense and, you know, keeping pressure on Carson Wentz. Either way, I don't think it's going to be a blowout for... um, the, the Eagles, I don't think that they're going to have control of the game. I could be completely wrong. You know, week one brings about things that are very surprising. But I think the Redskins' front is going to uh, give the Eagles fits. And I think that they are going to keep the game close. So I like the Redskins getting five and a half, six and a half, whatever you can find it. Obviously, take the best number. All right, that'll do it for the rundown of week one. I'm so friggin' jacked up that we have some NFL DFS to look forward to this week. Good luck in your showdown contest. If you listen to this before the showdown contest, go live. I will be back Saturday with a quick update, um, you know, any injury news, anything like that. Um, and also we'll give you my core four. Until then, take it easy and enjoy because football is back.